Oh, it's 100% sure. i got more energy now. I wake up every morning. The funny thing is, remember I told you at the beginning, wishful thinking, 225 pounds? Now I'm, at, I'm thinking under 200 or 199. You know, that's my new goal. I mean, we set the first one. Goals are made to be broken, right? you gotta set, you got to catch that goal, break that goal, and go for a new one. Hey everybody, it's Coach Charlie. Welcome or welcome back to the Building Better People podcast brought to you by BoomFit. Thanks for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following interview inspires you to take the next step in your fitness journey. Enjoy. Hello, my name is Larry Hollingsworth. I'm 53 years old, live in College Station. Uh, I have uh, two kids and a wife, and uh, I'm just trying to make a better life for myself right now. Yeah, Larry. So we we have a history together. We go back quite a bit, quite a ways. Um, I believe the first time we met was at the Aggieland Fitness Dome, right? Yes, it was. And I remember you at that time because you had seen tremendous results, right? You'd lost a lot of weight. I had lost about 100 pounds. Wow. Tell me, around, what year was that when you lost 100 pounds? Uh, that was 2005. Wow. That's a long time ago. Yeah, man. No, I remember. And uh, yeah. so how much did you weigh at the time? I weighed... Uh, Probably two pounds under 400. And then you got down to just under 300? Um, I got down to really about, about 295. Wow. How did you, so how old were you at that time? Ooh, 15 years ago. I'm 53 right now. Uh, 48. 38 years old. And give me a little bit of back story to how you got there. Uh well, you know, I think it's what I always told my wife who was living the good life. You know, uh, um, I always told her, look, I own my own little business. I do what I want and I can eat what I want. And, and that's pretty much what I did. I went out and, and I would go out to eat every single night. We never even cooked in the house. I said, I can afford to go wherever I want. Why not go? You know, it's just, and it's probably more laziness than anything, right? And my wife would never cook me enough, so I always wanted to go out where I could get more food. <laughs> now, so, did you did you have like I mean, growing up, were you in shape? Did you work out a lot? You know, let me tell you, Charles. I was my whole life growing up. I was probably one hundred and twenty five, thirty pounds. I came from a pretty poor family where hey, there wasn't really much food on the table as it was, and. I think I overcompensated because, you know, growing up when you have nothing and all of a sudden having something, you tend to hoard more things, you tend to buy more stuff, you tend to indulge a little more because you didn't really have anything. So now all of a sudden you can have whatever you want just by working, right? So I think I was trying to please myself. I came, I'll give you a little history, a little quick background. Uh, I was born in California and uh, had immigrant parents and, uh, my father was shot and killed in a restaurant that he owned when I was five years old. And my mother thought it was too dangerous to the United States, so she took us all back to Mexico. And I grew up on the farm where, you know, you had the outhouses, no electricity, no TV, no nothing. And, uh, you know, our highlight of the day was just getting something to eat one night. So there were days where we went, two or three days where we had nothing. 
you know, it was just one of the, it was just, that's it. it is what it is, right? That's just uh, yeah. kind of where I came up in. Well, you know, growing up later years when I, uh, I think I was 12 or 13 years old when I was actually able to go to school and work full time, we had a little more stuff because I started working and I started helping my mom. And she never remarried, if you know, background on that. Well, there was 10 of us. And she just never remarried. So, you know, we grew up on a little farm. And we ate what we grew and we ate what we could afford to eat. So there wasn't a lot growing up. So, you know, fast forward to when I'm 18 years old, I asked my mom if I could move back to the United States because that's where I'm from. That's where I'm born. My mom said, look, for the last 15 years, I've managed to save a little bit of money. She had saved $1,000 in 15 years, which is a fortune to her. She gave it to me and she said, do your best. Oh. Wow. No, man. Wow, man. That's an amazing story. And I so I, came, I showed up in the States and I found a job cutting grass. And I thought I was on top of the world. I was making $150 a week. And, you know, I was sending my mom $50 every week and feeding my brothers and sisters and Life was good all of a sudden. Then I started making like $300 a week, and I was like, well, I can't believe these American people live like this. Hell, I'm American. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the way you grew up, you know. And so, you know, I started trying to better myself and whatnot, and then I ended up meeting my wife, and we ended up moving to Texas. I've been here since uh, 2003, and I started selling cars, and I found out, you know, God gives everybody a gift, I think, and. I think my gift was selling, just helping people. Every time I sold a car, it wasn't about the money for me. It was about helping somebody. The joy I got on my face when I saw those people drive away in that car, and especially when I thought they couldn't even buy one. It just felt so good every time. Well, fast forward a little more, next thing you know it, I'm the product the dealership. I'm selling 40 cars a month, and where people are selling 5 and 10, I'm selling 40 and 50 every month. And needless to say, obviously, uh, the money's rolling in by the thousands, right? Because I'm just selling so many cards. And it was never about the money. It was always about I enjoyed helping people, right? Yeah. And, um, my wife would tell me, hey, hey, honey, you know, you're you're working a lot. You never see the kids and this and that. And you're always eating late at night. Yeah, I think you're getting a little too big. You know, that was part of it, too. She'd say, hey, you're getting too big. You eat out every night. Yeah, I say, well, I'm working 13 hours a day. So I eat when I can, and I work when I when I when I'm not on work at. Well, you know, over the years, you know, time went by, and you know, I went from a 170 pound guy to a 400 pound guy. And the funny thing is, Charlie, is I never felt the difference when I was 400 pounds and 200 pounds. I didn't feel any different running around the lot selling cars. You know, I just I got a little more tired, or I sweat a lot, but. I wasn't really uncomfortable. I wasn't really uncomfortable until one day I was sitting on my couch and uh, I called my wife over to, to tie my shoes for me. And I got to think, well, I haven't tied my shoes in five years. And I said, that's not fair to my wife. I said, I need to start doing something about it. But I couldn't even put my shoes on. Wow. So you basically you were 23 at 170 pounds and. How long did it take you, you said, to get to 400? About 10 years. And in that season, I mean, sale, car sales is 
the one thing that you can say, okay, I was in that career and what what else was the factors that led you there? Was it yes, fast food, but was it really that long long hour days, um, that pace of life, that type of work, or what else were some factors? No, I, I think it was the problem of you know, growing up having nothing, and then all of a sudden I can buy what I want, I can have what I want, you know, and I would be like, oh, this is how the the rich people live. I wasn't really rich, probably, but I would, you know. Knowing that you can go and buy something, eat something, whatever you wanted, or or walk into a, a department store and you saw something, and you said, "Hey, I can buy this. I can afford this." Yeah, and you know, and so I didn't really care about the weight. I didn't really care about anything. I just was like, "Hey, I'm going to get whatever I want because I can afford it." Yeah, and, and that was the yeah. mentality. Eating and, out. Was it eating, just eating out, you know, whatever? I get it. Yeah, I could, I could eat out. I could, I could do what I want, go where I want, do whatever I want. And, and I started to notice after a while, even at the dealership, whatever I asked for, they gave me. If I told the owner I felt like a steak, steak lunch right now, he ran down and bought it for me. Yeah. I guess because I was selling 40 cars a month. Yeah. They wanted, they, they wanted to keep me happy. Yeah. So it, 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 you know, I wasn't used to something like that. You know, whatever I asked for was given to me. So it's almost like food was your drug. It was. It was like the food made me happy. And, you know, I would eat a big. I would eat two steaks. I'm not even gonna lie to you. You so know, I'd order. Yeah. I'd order a steak at Roadhouse. I'd get a big old twenty ounce, and I'd I'd follow it up by another twenty ounce because I could. You know, and then that the the not being able to tie your shoes or having your wife have to do that for you really was the thing that that made you it think. Kinda, it finally made me think, hey, I I gotta do something. By now, now I've got a nine year old and a, a seven year old, and they want to go play, they want to do things, and Dad don't want to do nothing. You know, I I was just too tired to go deal with them. In fact, my wife, I'll fast forward and we'll come back to it later. But my wife just told me yesterday that. And, and you know, it kind of made me almost cry. She told me, you know, I've been dreaming. We've been married for 27 years. She said, I've been dreaming of the day you wake up in the morning and say, hey, let's go for a walk together. Let's just walk around the block together. Now I take her for five and seven-mile walks every day. And she's like, you know, my, it's like my prayers are finally answered. It took 27 years. But now you're forcing me to get up in the morning and go walk with you and go for <laughs> She's had dreamed about these days. Yeah, I love yeah, isn't that. Isn't that funny? It's just, That's great. And it's, uh, but it's a long time getting there. So I finally, like you said, you met me, you know, 15 years ago probably. And that was when I had finally given in. So I, you probably don't know this, I'll tell you that, but I had, I went ahead and had the lap band surgery back then. And then I went started going to the gym. And the problem was when I got the lap band surgery, I went uh, I went out of the country to do it because, you know, I'm from Mexico. That's where I knew everything, do anything. So I didn't know what to do. I got this surgery, but I didn't know how to eat when I came back. I didn't know how to drink. I didn't know what vitamins I needed. I didn't know nothing. So I lost 70, 80 pounds in three months. Wow. Then it all started coming back. I stretched the stomach back out because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was supposed to eat. I didn't have no follow-ups. I didn't have anything. So uh, I probably could have killed myself up in there sometime because I didn't know what I was doing. But I finally decided in those three months, I better at least start going to the gym or something. What led you to getting the surgery? 
just not being able to put my own shoes on, not being able to, I didn't see a way out really, you know. Um, and, you know, a big thing of that, and then most of your guys, most people don't know this, and I'm, I, and it's taken me till today, right now, three months ago, meeting you, to know that it's what I put in my body is 98% of everything. It's how, it's how I eat. I mean, let, let's just get it straight. It's not even about the exercise. Uh, I can drop the weight without the exercise. I've already found that out with you. Yeah. If I eat properly, I'm going to naturally shred the weight. But it's education of not knowing. And let's bring up something I talked about yesterday with my own boss. I said, you know, um, I'm not working out as hard as I used to when I was going with Charlie. I'm still keeping my diet where it needs to be. And I'm trying to go with the flow to keep up, to keep in shape, to keep to where when I get back with you, I can keep doing that. And I told him, and he told me, well, what's to keep you from ever going back and paying to go to a gym when he's doing everything online right now? And I said, boy, let me stop you right there and let me tell you. There's nothing like a high five from Charlie or the guy next to you, Andrew Loring sitting next to me, or, or Fleming over here, Gracie to my right. There's nothing like the camaraderie of going somewhere and having the man next to you push you to your limit, push you to your goals and tell you what a great job you did, even if you feel like you didn't do a good job. Okay? And let's face it, when we're at home, we can do all this stuff, but home is home. When we go to work, we turn on work mode. And we get to work, right? You can't be at your house in your own home gym and turn on gym mode. It doesn't work. You have kids. You have a wife. You've got a TV there. you got a refrigerator. It, it doesn't work. you got to have the atmosphere, right? I think we're all, we're all realizing that now more than anything is the, the, the appreciativeness of that camaraderie that you're describing. Right, and you can't get that anywhere. And I'm tell you, I was really worried when I first showed up there. I know how big I was when I showed up there. You know, I was really worried about being the fat guy in the class. You know, and I was like welcome, welcome words from everybody, from the skinniest girl, skinniest guy in the class to the biggest person in the class. It was always a high five, and hey, you know, you did a great job today, Larry. You know, those squats right there. I couldn't do that when I was like you. I couldn't do that. I can't believe how many you did today. What an awesome job. You know, what a confidence builder that was. Yeah. So, you, know, and, you know, you just, I didn't expect that. I was always worried about what are they going to think about me when I show up there. And then, uh, then Kyle asked me, well, what are your goals? And I said, man, if I could get the 225 a month, uh, pounds, I'd be awesome. I'd be at my goal. In fact, I'm going to go to Cancun if I can do that. He goes, well, we're going to get you there. And just like that. It was like, it's like he wasn't even worried about it. We're going to get you there. You're going to, you follow the program, we're going to get you there. So cool, man. So get, give me a little bit of that story from lap band surgery, losing 100 pounds at the Aguiland Fitness Dome, and what happened after that. Okay, so I was going to Aguiland Fitness Dome. You, you probably saw me there for two years straight. Yep. I got in a car accident. And I broke three vertebrae in my back. And I couldn't lean. I couldn't do it. And I couldn't even lift two pounds. So I stopped going to the gym, obviously. And I just started gaining all the weight back and just gaining back. So uh, that was from 2007 is when I stopped going to the gym, 2007, later, almost 2008. 
So from then to now, I've seen you. I, I stepped a foot in the gym. Wow. So how and much I, did you weigh at the time of the car accident? Um, I probably weighed 225 pounds. Wow. So you had lost 175 pounds. Yeah. And how long did it take you, or I guess where where did you get back up to? I got back up to about 290. And then uh, before I came to you, I was, I was trying to find some way to lose weight. It took me a year and a half to get down to about 260-something when I showed up at your place. So what, between the, we'll call it the 2007 and 2019, 20, right, like right. now, or between 2007 and we'll call it like the year before you came. Okay. What was in that, like what was that season of your life like? Um, uh, go to work, come home, eat about 10 o'clock at night, eat, eat till my stomach hurts, all it's full, and, and go straight to bed. No walking, no nothing. My wife would always say, come on, honey, let's go for a little walk. You just ate something. No, I'm too tired. I just worked 12 hours. I'm going to bed. And wake up and do the same thing every day. And every day was the same thing. And then when I had a day off, I didn't do anything. All I did was eat and drink all day. Eat and drink all day. Eat and drink all day. And I could put away a 24-pack of beer and, and eat five times on a day off because I wasn't working. Right. Yeah. And so I think the only comfort I really had is food. You know, my comfort was food and watching TV. That's, that's the only thing I really had. And the only thing I really cared about, and most people might not understand it, what I do from where I grew up from was watching my kids succeed. I didn't care what I looked like. I didn't care what I ate or what people thought about me. All I know is I had these two little kids here. Um, I stopped going to school from the sixth grade because I had to help feed my brothers and sisters. I never made it past the sixth grade. And now I have two kids here. So I nicknamed my kids when they were five and six years old, college girls. Hmm. And uh, I call them college girls. I still do to this day. That's their nickname, college girls. And I told myself, no matter what happens, no matter what I do, my girls are going to go to college and they're going to make something. And they're not going to use their hands, and they're not going to work 15 hours a day, and they're not going to be like their dad. They're going to use their brain instead of their hands and their feet. So wow. right now, I have a daughter right now getting ready to receive her master's from the University of Houston. She graduated A&M last year, so she's going to get her master's next May, and I have another daughter getting ready to graduate in neuroscience and psychology this May, but she won't be able to walk the stage because the school's closed, but just all the hard work. And so... I was living my life through them. So, you know, the weight didn't matter. Nothing really mattered. What matters is watching my kids succeed. Yeah, yeah. You you obviously, during that season, were not not missing working out, not really overly concerned about it. So at what point, what what led you to changing in the last 18 months? You, You know, I was noticing I was short of breath a lot. I was getting tired a lot, and my wife always bugged me to come out and walk with her. Uh, my kids wanted to go do stuff, and um, and I remember I took them to Disney World, and so I walk, we walked through the park. I think I walked about 100 feet, and I sat on the bench, and y'all go have fun. I'll be right here. I spent a whole day sitting on the bench right there drinking water because I was so darn tired, and I just said, I can't live like this. Mm. You know, and uh, 
that's when I started trending and thinking. And about that time, in fact, I was in Florida at the time. I got an email from you, and I and I and I had a folder called Charlie Lima, and I kept saving all these emails. In fact, I could probably show you one right now from 2007, sitting in there. But I still ignored. It. I put it in the folder. And you're always like sending recipes out all the time. Ah, oh, I might try this one day. You know, that's awesome. Got, you know, we got back and. It's a testament to those emails. They do work, okay? It might take 10 years. But, you know, uh, God's kids don't always see the light the first day. Sometimes it took them 25 years to see it. <laughs> so I don't know what happened. One morning you sent that darn thing out, and I'm like, I don't know. I felt the message. You know, uh, you know Stephen O'Leary, a friend of mine. Yep. I work with Steve. And um, I even stopped going to church. I was just so fat. I didn't invite him down to church or nothing. And, he was trying to say, I ain't got to come to church with me one day. And that was about three years ago. I've been going every since. I haven't missed a day since, you know. And so I started going to church. And I think I went early more and more than I. And I saw you. You like to sit up front. I, I have yeah. to, to pay attention. I tell people I sit up front because that's how I can listen. <laughs> right. So I, I saw you up there one day. I'm like, yeah, this guy can go to the gym, do this, and show up here too. Why am I not showing up at the gym? So that next email I got from you, I remember you sitting there like, man, I'm going to click on it. I'm going to call, but I don't know. I'm going to text an email, but I don't know if I'm going to answer them. You answered back so fast that I went ahead, and you answered me in the text. I don't even think it was an email. You texted me, so I felt obligated to answer back. <laughs> yeah. I answered you back, and I, honestly, I wasn't even going to show up that day. You set up the time, and. I wasn't even going to show up. I was like, that morning when I woke up, I just felt so big and fat, and I was embarrassed to show up. And I, I don't know, uh, you probably don't know this, but just uh, the enthusiasm, the smile on your face, and no, we can do this. The attitude that you portrayed, I wish everybody could see. Mm. The attitude you gave me and you stuck at me, I was like, when I left that building, I felt like I was 10 feet tall and 100 pounds. You know? Mm. It was a big deal to me. You probably didn't know that at the time, but you never know when you're talking to somebody what what a big deal to somebody else. Man, that so, makes that 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 fills me up to hear you say that because, you know, just like you said, you have a gift, right, in sales, and you know, one of the things that I really feel called to do is help people in their health and fitness. You know, right, and and it comes back in your job. It's the same thing. You love helping people. You said it's when you see those people leave the dealership or drive off in their car, it fills your heart. And it's like, there's no better feeling. That's exactly right. And, and for me to hear, you know, when I met with you, I remember vividly, you know, cause we went upstairs cause the downstairs were being used. Um, but I remember exactly that day and it's, uh, it's so cool to be here today now and, and know that you've not only seen tremendous results, but to even hear you recap the entire journey, right? Like all right. of the last, uh, you know, 30 years pretty much. Right. So now let's talk specifically about that six-week challenge. Give me a little bit about what happened, what changed, what transformed in you mentally and physically during that time. Well, let me start out with uh, when I first got there to, to do it, I didn't believe to be able to make it through the six weeks. You're going to laugh at this motivator. The motivator was I walked through that door that first morning. You had told me it would be like 7 o'clock every morning. Well, it was for the 
for the what do you call that the uh, on ramp for the on ramp. And next thing you know, they're like, hey, "You got to be here at six. I'm like, "Holy crap!" So I started showing up at six, and I walked through the door, and there's my boss, my main boss. There's, you know, Manuel. Yep. Manuel's in there. I didn't even know it was him. I see this old man working out. I hope he didn't hear me say old man, but <laughs> I, I see this old man working out, and I'm thinking, man, that guy's a beast. Wow. He looks up at me, and, it's, it's, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is my boss. He's like, good morning, Larry. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't believe it. Now I told myself, heck, I'm on an own ramp here, and my boss caught me here. I, I have no way of failing now. I've got to do this. I've got to at least do six weeks. <laughs> Oh, I'll never hear the end of it. And, you know, uh, fast forward two weeks into it, I'm starting to feel a little better. I'm I'm getting there. Uh, I started out with Bennett, and, and Bennett was a good motivator, you know. Uh, he acted like I was that kid in shape in there. No matter you did something wrong, you just did it, you know. It's nice to have a young guy in there that's flexible, that can do stuff, and, and, but still at the same time telling you what a great job you're doing. And uh, so he kept pushing me forward, and it was working. But then Manuel walks up to me about two weeks in at, at work, and he says, um, I told Charlie to go easy on you. <laughs> and I, I looked at him and I said, thank you, Manuel. I appreciate that. I really need it. <laughs> so I get into the class, and I'm, and I'm, I'm determined now. I, 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 I'm feeling a little bit of results those first, first five or six days. I'm feeling like I feel better in the morning when I wake up. And, I'm, and I, about ten days in, I'm feeling like, I, I can't wait to go to get there. Which was unbelievable to me myself. I'm like, wow, I can't wait to get here. So I started showing up like 15 minutes early. You've probably seen me in there, and I had to get a band and start stretching and yeah. to, be ready, to be ready for the guy. And it was Bennett time. And uh, I would do it, and I'd get in there, and, and I started feeling better every day. And then when I got into the main class, it was a little intimidating at first. I'm going to let everybody know, don't be intimidated. I was intimidated because I saw, you know, girls that probably weigh 110, 120 pounds, and they had barbells, and they had big weights on them. They were lifting them up and down. I was in there. I could barely lift the bar, you know. I had no weight on the bar. And I guess it was Robert at the time. It's Robert. Robert said, don't worry about the weight. Let's worry about form, okay? Let's teach you all about the form. We'll worry about the the weight later. Let's teach you how to do it properly so you don't hurt yourself while you're learning how to do this. And so I said, okay, um, I'm going to mentally block everybody out, and all I'm going to do is think about myself. I'm going to pretend nobody's there. I'm going to go there, and I'm going to lift my bar. I don't care how many weights are lifted. Right? But then I noticed even with my bar, people are walking up and saying, hey, that was great form. What a good job you did today. Give me a high five. And I was like, dang, really? I'm doing that good? And these are just everybody people know. People I don't know in there, and uh, so my confidence started building up a little bit. And about about maybe two weeks in to getting into the main class, I started putting like five pounds on there. And, you know, and it's not much, but to me it was something, right? And then I started putting the weights on there and, and building the confidence. And then uh, I think it was Eric that walked up to me, and, he's, and uh, Robert had said, hey, pair up with somebody that left weights. And I didn't want to pair up because they put all those plates on there. And uh, Robert said, Eric said, here, come and do it with me. And I, I put my five pounds on there. He didn't say a word. You know, he put them on there for me, pulled the old ones off. And he's like, hey, let's try a 10 on there. And he kind of pushed me to do a little more. 
And I was able to do it. I couldn't believe it, you know. Yeah, and I feel like I might even be 10 pounds lighter. I'm not going to tell you I wouldn't be. I think, you know, the last four weeks of the gym being closed, and you're not as strict, like I said earlier, when you're not there to be held accountable. I mean, I'm trying to do what I can to do the weight, but I don't have all the weights at my house. I don't have everything, so you improvise, and you do what you can. And I'm not really a good video guy. I get your live class every morning, but do I follow it? I try to, I really can't. I feel like I don't have the weights to do it, so I go out and I try to walk five miles in the morning and try to eat right, just to kind of try to keep it in shape where we're at, Yeah. knowing that I'm going to get back in there. So I'm, I'm trying to walk a straight line, and I'm like anybody out there, you included, you know what? You might have a spoon of ice cream somewhere. You might have something. It is what it is. We're only human, right? Yeah. If you can keep yourself at 98 to 99% on that roll thing right now while we're trying to get back there, which what I've been doing, uh, I've been resisting and I've been trying to keep in that straight line. So when I do get back, I'll be right there. I don't think I'm, I think I'd have been a lot better had we had not gotten cut off. But And I would even, I would even encourage you in the fact that it, it was, the timing was kind of perfect for you to get this lift off ahead yeah. of Yeah, oh, yeah. Because let's just say you don't show up that day with me, you don't do the six-week challenge, you're still 200, you know, 65, 70 pounds, and then you enter this season. I bet I'm, I bet I'm at 300 right now because of that. Right. Because I now I've got the tools to know what to eat and how to eat, where before I didn't, I thought I was eating healthy, but I really wasn't. And people don't realize that. Oh, I had some vegetables here. I had this here. And then you think you're eating good, but you're really not eating good. And so you figure out what, how you got to really eat and, you know, the weighing of your portions. And when I, 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 I cook all my food today. I'll cook for three days, and I'll weigh it out and put it in the bags and, and have it ready to go. So I know what I mean. I know what I'm putting in. If you come and ask me, what did you eat today? I can look you in the eye and say I had 18 ounces of protein. I had two protein shakes. I had three cups of vegetables. I can tell you what I had. But before, I might have said, well, I had three cheeseburgers today and a burrito. And on the way home, I stopped over at Wings and more and had three beers and wings. You know, there's a big yep. difference. Huge so, difference. So for somebody listening that would love to get some, you know, practical, actionable, you know, steps, who, who's where you were, right, before coming in, um, they feel overweight, they're not active, they, you know, really are discouraged to start, you know, what is something that you can encourage them by? Like, or, or let's say, what is something they can do? It's, and especially in this unique time where they're quarantined, right? They're at home, isolation, social distancing, gyms aren't open. Like, what, what are your – it's a really challenging time. It's really challenging. And what you've got to do is you've got to – First of all, you got to decide. You know, you got to decide, I'm going to do this for me. I'm not going to do it for you, Charlie, and I'm not going to do it for the, the guy next to me. I want to do it for me. Right? That's the big thing. It's, I didn't do it for anybody else but me, even though my wife was asking me and my kid. It's, uh, until you deep down decide and have that conversation with yourself about, you know, I need to do something about this, and uh, it's about me, you know. you got to, because if you don't want it, you're not going to achieve it, right? you, you got to want it. So I think the most encouraging thing, I, I, and, and, and I'm not trying to promote you here, it might sound like it, but I think they all got to come and meet you and feel your enthusiasm and 
and, and it's not really a problem. It's because of what you did. It's, 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 you didn't just talk to me when I went in there. You gave me the tools, right? You know, what good is a shovel in the garage or in the shed if I don't dig a hole in that? What good is a rake if I don't rake the leaves, right? I mean, you put all these tools together. None of these tools are going to work without you, right? you got to have the tools to work. So you were kind of like the, the machine to the tool. You know, I, I couldn't start this tool up until I met you. And I figured out how to use that tool. And until you know how to use that tool, you're going to be in that same rut, in that same walk around. So I encourage everybody really just to, even if it's not you, come see somebody, um, go figure out how to eat, figure out how to do something, but do it for yourself. And uh, just do it so you can feel good about yourself. It's not about the world. It's about you. And, and you know, I wish everybody could just uh, meet you just one time. You're affectionate. <laughs> um, you know, and you motivate. And I don't know if you realize that you motivate, but you do. You know, it's, you know, they say, you know, sometimes you can, and, and I'll just go back to our car reference. If you come in to buy a car for me, I'm afraid to sell a car to you. I'm afraid you won't like the price, or I'm afraid you won't like something. You could probably smell and feel that fear, right? I think you can. So now let's say I walked into your place, and I could feel you were excited, and you were glad to have me there, and you had a great smile on your face, and you said, we can do this, not we can't do this. You said, we can do this. How do you think I felt when I walked out that door? I felt like I could do it, right? And I got home, and I told my wife, my wife, we got to clean the cupboards out. We got to, here's my book. We got to order all this stuff and get all the food in the house. <laughs> you know? And, and I want to give props to what we're talking about, to Kyle. And uh, I was a little intimidated by one of the guys there. And the funny thing is, that being the nicest guy there, I think Brandon. Yeah. Brandon is a like, small guy and he's always in shape. I see him training people all the time. But I wouldn't even talk to him. I'd say hi and walk the other way. <laughs> then I ended up. Um, I haven't got my classes yet. I got I did one class one and signed up for ten classes just training with just with him. Yeah. Um, which is we'll we'll get back to that when it opens up. But what a nice guy. I was like, man, this this man's here to help me. That's all he's worried about. He's worried about helping me. And it's just the culture I guess I you can sum it up as the culture there. There's a culture there that's it's a good culture and everything's bred to help everybody. And it's a winning culture. You know, you want to be on a winning team, right? We all do. Yep. And I think so, you're building a winning team. Well, man, that that's very encouraging, Larry. And I'll tell you this, man. Like, this is – these podcasts are always for other people to be inspired by stories, especially mm-hmm. people's fitness journeys. But it's so cool to hear you say that because it's encouraging to us and our team, you know, and what we do and what we hope to do every single day in the gym. Right, and you know, I, it's the other day someone asked me, "Are you losing weight?" You know, good that feels real say. I say, "No, maybe a couple pounds." Yeah, just <laughs> modest about it, right. But the funny thing is, like right now, I'm getting it like every day now. Every day, people are asking me, "Are you okay? Are you sick? Are you losing weight? What's going on?" You know, because I'm losing all the weight. They haven't seen me in five, six. I haven't put no pictures on Facebook at all. I saw wow. So now when people are seeing you, they're like, are you okay? What have you been doing? Have you lost some weight? And I'm like, well, a little bit. I'm down five pant sizes. Amazing. So that that segues me to the final question, which is what I ask everybody. Uh The title of the podcast is Building Better People. Uh 
you know, we believe that when you're exercising, taking care of your body, you're becoming a better version of yourself. How is that true for you? Oh, it's 100% true. i got more energy now. I wake up every morning. The funny thing is, remember I told you at the beginning, wishful thinking, 225 pounds. Now I'm, in, I'm thinking under 200, 199. You know, that's my new goal. I mean, we set the first one. Goals are made to be broken, right? you gotta set, you got to catch that goal, break that goal, and go for a new one. So now I've got a new goal now. Now I'm, going, I'm shooting for the under 200 now. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in Bryan College Station, we would love for you to come to our gym and start with one of our programs. If you're interested in more information about our services or a free trial, visit us at boomfitbcs.com. That's boomfitbcs.com.